We are on Ksubis, the very bottom of Nunvavam. Abe is moving on to Nunzayan Amad Aleph. 56B moving on to 57A. And we are continuing our discussion of the dispute between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that anytime we lower the Ksuba amount, uh, so then it is not allowed. One cannot lower the Ksuba amount. And if one does so, says Rav Meir, and even if she just, even if one doesn't, but she thinks that it was lowered, the wife thinks that it was lowered, so then he refers to it as a bi'ilas znus, it's as if they're having sexual relations outside the context of marriage. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that no one uh, can lower uh, the ksuba, it cannot be done uh, from the onset, from the very beginning, uh, but afterwards, after they write the ksuba, so then the wife has the uh, ability to be mochelas, she could be she could forego uh, parts of the ksuba to say that she wants to receive less. Those are the opinions found in the Mishnah of Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. We did mention, and it will be important uh, later on, there's a third opinion of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi is of the opinion that even from the onset, one can, in fact, lower the ksuba amount. Uh, but based on uh, that information, the Gemara now says the following story. There was a story of the sister of Rami Barachama who was married to Rav Avia. And what happens? Moving on to Nantayin. Irchis Ksubasa. They lost the Ksuba. They lost the Ksuba. Uh, this is a, an important halacha, as we will see, that she has to keep the Ksuba document, the actual document she always has to have. Uh, why? We will see that this is according to Rav Meir. Also the commander of Yosef. They went in front of Rav Yosef. And Amr Lehu, Hachi Amr of Yehud Amr Shmuel, Zudivir Rav Meir. This is the position of Rav Meir. Um, that any time that she doesn't have proof that she's owed the Ksuba, she no longer has the document of the Ksuba, so then she is concerned uh, that she will no longer be receiving the Ksuba. If she's concerned that she'll no longer be receiving the Ksuba, they are not allowed to uh, stay together. Uh, because uh, having sexual relations is viewed as if it's as if it's outside the context of marriage, as we pointed out in the last class. Uh, the idea is that uh, we have to show that there's uh, this uh, ability. If they have to get divorced, they have to get divorced. But at least there's this ability for it to be a long-lasting relationship. She wants to know that there's a certain level of uh, with a certain level of confidence that he that uh, it won't just be that they're married one day and divorced the next day. Uh, and if she's thinking that, if she's thinking that he lowered the ksuba or the ksuba is missing, and therefore uh, she's thinking that uh, he could easily divorce her uh, without having to pay the ksuba, so then that ruins the kedusha, the holiness of the marriage, because in her mind she thinks that uh, this uh, it's it's easy for her husband uh, to divorce her. And so therefore, uh, if they lost the ksuba, they cannot stay together. What does it mean not stay together? So that is a dispute whether that means that they're just not allowed to have sexual relations or even to the degree that uh, they cannot have yichud, they cannot be secluded alone together. This, Unfortunately, this came up uh, a few years ago. This comes up uh, at different times when, let's say, there's an emergency and uh, uh, for, for whatever reason, they have to leave the house and it gets lost. Let's say there's a flooding or things like that. The, the ksuba gets lost. This could happen. Where the where the ksuba does get lost, and that's the position of mayor. However, the chachamim of chacham omrim, masha adam asishto shtayim b'shaloshanim below ksuba. No, the chachamim, meaning the positions of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosi, they're of the opinion that no, it's not a problem. 
Uh, it's not a problem if she lost the ksuba. Especially since the truth is that even if she lost the ksuba, he still has to pay her. He still does have to pay her. And even if he makes the claim that he already paid, uh, he needs to bring proof. That's the truth. But in her mind, it's all about what's in her mind, which is very interesting. In her mind, uh, she thinks that uh, that uh, if she lost the ksuba, so then she doesn't get paid. Uh, so Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yehuda, they say that still um, it's not a problem and uh, they could stay together. Uh, that's uh, that's the position of the Chachamim. So Amalei Abaye Abaye says, "V'Amar of Nachman Amar Shmuel Lachir Meir because they rose of why is Rav Yosef saying, ah, oh, the Chachamim, the majority, they argue under Rav Meir, and therefore you could stay together.' But Rav Shmuel says that we follow the position of Rav Meir. We would follow the position of Rav Meir. Ihach is Zil and therefore they have to write a new Ksuba in order for them to stay together. They would have to." Write a new ksuba. Um, and that's how we follow. We follow that if they lost the ksuba, they would have to write a new ksuba on the spot uh, to make sure that they are able to stay together. There is an interesting discussion. What happens if the husband knows that it was lost, but the wife doesn't know that it was lost? The wife thinks that they still have it. Does the husband have, have an obligation to tell his wife? And so there's room to say, it's a discussion, but there's room to say that no, he doesn't have to tell his wife because the whole reason behind this is that in truth, he still has to pay the ksuba. But we're concerned that maybe his wife will think, the wife will think that uh, he doesn't have to pay anymore. And so therefore, according to her mayor, there's concern, she's going to be concerned that uh, uh, he could divorce her at any point in time. There's nothing stopping him in any way. Um, and so therefore, since in her mind, she's thinking that, so therefore it's a problem. But if in her mind, she thinks that she still has the ksuba, so then there's no problem. And in truth, he still has to pay. The, the truth is that he still has to pay. Even if she lost the ksuba, he still has to pay the ksuba. And so therefore, potentially, one can, one can understand that if he, if the husband um, knows that it's lost, but she doesn't know, maybe he doesn't have an obligation to tell her. Because anyways, he has to pay. And in her mind, she still owed the ksuba. Okay, that is end of discussion number one. Now we will enter into the second discussion. This is the last discussion before the next Mishnah. The next part of the Gemara, we will just quickly... Uh, summarize quickly, uh, because it's a, it's not an easy Gemara. It's a Gemara which uh, has uh, uh, various different understandings of of other disputes. So there have different understandings of two people who are arguing, and what are they arguing about? Um, so we'll try to give a little bit of a, of a quick summary, and then we'll see the Gemara inside. We'll see it a little faster inside, uh, but I highly recommend that uh, if you if you want to understand it properly, you would have to see it see it inside. Um, but basically, it's focusing on the position that we do not follow. Um, the position of Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi. They um, had a dispute. They agreed that you, one could lower the ksuba, but they had a dispute when. Rabbi Yehuda was of the position that it's only after the ksuba has taken place, and the ksuba exists, so then she has the right to then say, forego the ksuba, and say that she doesn't want uh, either the full amount or she doesn't want part of the amount, she has the right to do that afterwards. Rubiosi is of the opinion that no, even from the very beginning, even from the very beginning, uh, she has the she has the right to lower the ksuba. Now, even within this position of Rubiosi, there are different opinions. When does he say this? Uh, because it could be that if even if she says it, we don't know if she really means it. If she really means it once she enters into the marriage, then we can say she really means it. But before she enters into the marriage, does she really mean it? Does she not really mean it? 
And there'll be different opinions as to what exactly was Rubiosi referring to. There'll be um, two different Amores, rabbis from the time period of the Gemara, trying to explain these um, these two different opinions. And uh, it might be, but just to summarize, it might be by the chuppah, by the actual chuppah. It might be once they, after they have sexual relations. There's different points in time where we say, okay, Rabiosi says now that she's entered into the marriage fully, so now when she says it, she means it. Before that, she, she might not have meant it. Um, so let, let's see this inside. Ki Amar So when Ravdimi came, he said that Rabbi Yeshua says the following. Everybody agrees. These are vague terms that in the beginning, uh, the dispute is in the beginning, but in the end, everybody agrees uh, that she cannot be mochelas, that she cannot uh, forgo the ksuba. We'll see what that means, what it means in the end. That's the position of Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, both in the beginning and in the end, there is a dispute. And it comes along Rabbi Avahu. Rabbi Yehovah comes along and says, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yeshua, they're not arguing with each other. Essentially, Rabbi Yehovah says as follows. He says that Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yeshua, it sounds like they're arguing, but they're really not arguing. They're not arguing. Why? Because everybody agrees to the following. Everybody agrees that the dispute between everybody agrees that the dispute between Rabbi Yosi and Rabbi Yehuda exists by the chuppah. It exists by the chuppah that they have this dispute. Rabbi Yosi says it works for her to say it um, with words, just with words to say that uh, she doesn't uh, she doesn't want the ksuba. Um, and that works both in the beginning of the chuppah and in the end of the chuppah. And everybody then also agrees, but once there's bia, once they have sexual relations, even Rabbi Yosef would agree that if she says just with the words that she doesn't want the ksuba, so then she's not saying it with a full heart. She's not really serious about it uh, at the end. Um, and, and therefore, uh, she would have to actually write it down. In order for her to be serious about it, she has to write it down. Words alone at the end uh, would not work. And so Rabbi Avo comes along and says, the dispute that we had earlier, uh, sorry, um, yeah, Rabbi Avo comes along and says, the, the dispute that we had earlier, that was mentioned earlier by Rav Dimi, that there was a dispute between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yochanan as to what exactly Rabbi Yossi was saying is really not a dispute. It's just they had different terminology. When one said trila and one said sof, one said beginning, one said end, they had different ideas as to what the beginning was and what the end was. And really, in the end of the day, everybody agrees that the end, at the end, means um, at the point in time once they have sexual relations. So at that point in time, even Rebbeus agrees that just with words alone that wouldn't work. That's not believe Shalim. That's not with a full heart. Uh, but before that, it would work. I believe the, the original time that I said it, uh, it was going on the beginning. This is really going on the end. Okay. He also, Rabin, Amr B'Shim Pazi, Amr B'Shim Levi, B'Shim Bar Kafra. Rabin now, now it's getting even more complicated, Rabin now has a different version of what took place. First, Rabbi Yishuv Levi says as follows, The argument between Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yehuda is at the end, but in the beginning everybody agrees that she could be mochelah, she could forgo the ksuba. 
Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Bein Bezu, Bein Bezu, Machlokas, comes Rabbi Yochanan and says, no, by both, there is, the, the, the argument exists both in the beginning and in the end. And again, in this version, comes Rabbi Yavahu, Omar Rabbi Yavahu, Lididim, Mepharshali, Minedi, Rabbi Yochanan, Da'ana, Rabbi Yishua, Ben Levi, Lo, Palgina, Na'adadi. Really, they're not arguing. My Lebesov, Dama, Rabbi Yishua, Ben Levi. What's the Sof of Rabbi Yishua, Ben Levi, the end of Rabbi Yishua, Ben Levi, where there's an argument, Sof Chupa. Umay Tchila, Tchila's Chupa, V'chikamina, Ana, Bein Bezu, Bein Bezu, Machlokas, Tchila's Bia, V'sof Bia. Essentially, Rabbi Yavol comes along and says that the dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yishua, Ben Levi is really not a dispute. They're not arguing. They both say the same thing within Rabbi Yossi. What are they saying? They're saying uh, that everybody agrees. This is really within Rabbi Yehuda now. Everybody agrees that she could be mocheles. She could forego the ksuba before they have, with words alone, uh, before they have bia. Before they have bia, before they have sexual relations. And the whole argument is after they have sexual relations, could could she uh, could she forego the ksuba with words alone? Because once it already took place, uh, once there's a full marriage, so then does words alone would words alone suffice? Uh, and really, the whole argument is before that, during the chuppah, in the beginning of the chuppah, and the end of the chuppah, there's a dispute between Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yehuda, and then at the end, sorry, that's when everybody agrees, and then at the end is um, is when there's is, is when there's a everybody agrees she could be mochalas, and then the end, meaning when they after they have sexual relations, that's when there is a machlokas, that's when there's a dispute. So again. Uh, we have two versions in this Gemara. There's two versions within this Gemara. Within each version, there's first a, a dispute which is presented, and then comes Rabbi Avo and says, no, they're really not arguing. These two rabbis are really not arguing about what Rabbi Yossi said. Um, at, that, that, they, that they all agree. Um, that's, that's what Rabbi Avo comes along and says. And again, the, what, what are we talking about? The conversation that we're talking about is at what point in time do we say that they're far enough into the marriage that uh, is it by the chuppah, or is it when, when they have sexual relations that we say that she's fully in the marriage, and so therefore, uh, words alone, when she says it just with words alone, uh, so then she doesn't, she, we don't know if she, she really means it or not. Uh, the further along in the marriage, we would assume that uh, there's less of a reason for us to assume that she, she really means what she's saying, uh, that she doesn't, excuse me, that she doesn't want the ksuba. Okay, now that is all... Uh, the first part of it. Now comes Papa, Amr Papa, Ilav Dam Rabbi Avo, the demon partially minated Rabbi Yochan, and Dana Rabbi Shua, Ben Levi, Lo Pagina, Dadi Havimina, Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Shua, Ben Levi, Pligi, Ravdimi, Viravin, Lo Pligi, myself to come a rabbin, so Chapa, my Tila to come a Rabbi Ravdimi, Tilas Bia, my Kamashmala, Hakamashmala, the Pligi, Tramurai, a time of Dinavshai, Lo Pligi, Tramurai, Aliba, Tchadamora. Where Papa comes along and he says, If I didn't have Rabbi Avo, again, Rabbi Avo came along. And he said that um, in both versions, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shobhan Levi are not arguing. That they're not arguing. But what comes out then, if they're not arguing, um, so then in the people that are saying it, there's two different versions, Rabin and Ravdimi, who are uh, coming along, so then they are arguing. And so they're arguing, they have two different versions about what was said, about what exactly was said. So he comes along with Papa and he says that I prefer for the Amaraim not to argue about what was said. They should agree about what was said. And he would say, he would present it as though they would agree with what was said. But who, 
the people that they're quoting are arguing, i.e. Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shobin Levi. So again, we have Rabin and we have Rabbi, uh, and we have uh, Rav Dimi who are quoting other rabbis from before them. And Rapapa is coming to say that he prefers if they're quoting rabbis in the same way and those rabbis are the ones who are arguing with each other. As opposed to saying that they themselves uh, are arguing uh, but the, the people that they're quoting are agreeing with each other. Okay? Basically, in the end of the day, and this is how uh, Rashi explains, this is, ends up being that there's a very important point that comes out of this. Uh, and Rashi explains that let's say we have different types of disputes, different types of arguments. If one argument is uh, I'm arguing with somebody else about what the my, my rabbi said. What exactly did my rabbi say? So then that's an argument, explains Rashi, where one person is wrong and the other person is right because one person misunderstood. They didn't understand it properly. And so that Rapapa is coming along and trying to say, we shouldn't have that. We, we don't want to create that. If we had an option, we'd rather not create that. We wouldn't want them to have an argument about what was originally said. We don't want that. Rather, if there's the following dispute, if we have an argument not about what did the rabbi say, but we know that these two rabbis were arguing about something, so then when those two rabbis were arguing, they weren't arguing about quoting somebody else, but they're arguing about different logical arguments. They're, they have different reasoning. It's not an argument about what was said in the past, but it's an argument about I have one perspective and you have the other perspective. To this, Rashi says... A very important line. He says, Eluv, Elu He says, both of them, in such a scenario, both of them are true. And the way some explain this, both of them end up being true. How could they both be true? They're not, it's impossible for them both to be true. So there could be a concept, potentially, of multiple truths. It depends on which angle, which perspective uh, you are looking at it. There's a concept of Eluv, Elu that's found in, in the Gemara elsewhere, that both aspects are true. There's different ways to understand that phrase. Some explain that phrase that really there's only one truth, but when it comes to how we uh, paskin, the way that we decide a halacha, so then uh, there could be multiple truths because we may not follow the position which is the objective truth, the 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 correct truth. We'll, we'll follow the position based on how we on the rules of how we decide a halacha uh, based on on the, the other position, and so therefore both of them. Are, are correct in a certain sense. Um, but there are others who say that, no, the concept of both of them being true is really that there's multiple truths. And this seems to be what Rashi is saying here, that there is a concept of multiple truths and that um, depend, it depends on which angle you're looking at it, which one you're focusing on more, so then we'll, we'll follow that position. But it's not to say that the other position is not correct. From a certain angle, that position is also correct. Uh, so it's an important point. So if we're just quoting... Um, we have an argument about quoting what a specific rabbi said, so then we won't apply such a principle. It's just one, one person saying something which is accurate and the other person's wrong. But if we're quoting an argument and it's their argument, it's these two people, that they, two rabbis who are having an argument, so each of them has uh, a certain perspective. It's a certain correct perspective of a way of looking at it. So then in such a scenario, we'll view that as eluva elu, that both of them have uh, an element of truth involved within it. Okay. We are now up to the next Mishnah. We'll begin the next Mishnah in the next class.